Brad Bennett. Well, welcome back, Northlanders, and welcome to one of the fastest growing... You know, I shouldn't tell Peter this, uh, that this is one of the fastest growing segments on our show, because <laughs> next thing you know, he'll want to get paid more or something. I don't know. Good morning. Uh, good morning. <laughs> good morning, <laughs> Peter ka-ching, Wood. Ka-ching. <laughs> Beautiful. The sauce no. is flying. The air is crisp and cool. It's just everything's going wide open. I love it. Hey, uh, introduce your guest uh, this morning, Jenny Miller. Uh, tell us a little bit about her, or let her tell us about her herself, if you'd like. Yes, it'd be great. Uh, Jenny's from a CPA firm that our family hires. She's not our accountant, but she came as a spokesman. Excellent. Lots of material, lots of information. And when when you asked the question last time when I was on that you were talking about uh, taxes and that, I thought, I'm going to call and make a call. There you go. So, Anyway, Jenny's now, here. She's a great gal. Jenny, now you are a you are a certified public accountant. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Okay. And uh, do you kind of specialize working with the logging industry, or is that just one of the many businesses that you work with? It's really just one of the many businesses. And as Pete said, I don't I don't really work on his job specifically, but at our office, okay. everybody kind of works on everything. So. Um, sure. My area of specialty is really tax. I don't. I do some financial statement work. Um, obviously, I have to assist clients with generating those financial statements. But really, my area of expertise is tax. Um, okay. As opposed to audit or financial statement work, so that's really where I focus most of my attention. It's now, kind of Jenny, boring, one I know. of the. Uh, well, no, it's not really. I mean, if you own a business. The tax ramifications of that business has got to be very, uh, you know, people got to be on tune with that all the time. The reason that Peter and I first even discussed this was because I wanted to know from him uh, if there was going to be a positive ramification to the logging and trucking industry because of the new change in uh, how you can claim business, new business purchases. For example, if you're a logger and you have to buy a new, uh, you know, a new skidder, uh, a new uh, vehicle, a, a tractor trailer, whatever it is, the new laws evidently allow you to write off the depreciation in a faster. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that, how the new changes might affect uh, people buying equipment. Yeah, so we get lots and lots of questions, of course, and uh, especially here now with the new tax bill that we got 11 days before the end of the year that's going to apply right. for 2018. Made a busy December much busier on top of that. But uh, the biggest change for the depreciation is that uh, – We've always had two different specialty forms of depreciation that have changed through the years and have been um, really supposed to be stimuluses for the economy, and they really do help and make a big difference. Um, In the past, we had been able to take what's called bonus depreciation, which has come and gone at various percentages over the years, and historically, the most it has ever gone to is 50%, so you can write off 50% of that equipment right away the first year, and then you would depreciate that piece of equipment over the remaining life. Now here, okay. this bill made it so that that equipment now is eligible for a couple years here to be 100% bonus depreciation. So you can write off 100% of it right away and don't have to worry about depreciating it at all for federal tax purposes. Um, so wow. that's one of the big, yeah, it's a huge difference for a lot of companies. And then um, the other difference is that we have what's called Section 179, which is another accelerated depreciation 
And that has increased. So that allowed you in the past to deduct up to $500,000 worth of equipment additions immediately. But now that has increased to a million dollars. And it phases out if you put in too many additions. Once you get over $2.5 million worth of additions, you lose some of that. But it allows a business to write off a whole bunch right away for federal purposes. So uh, the way I understand this, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jenny, is and Peter, you, you throw in from uh, from a logging standpoint, a, a guy that owns a logging business. Yep. If I'm sitting on, uh, if I'm sitting out there as a logger, and I've been thinking for years, man, would I love to have one of those new feller bunchers? But boy, the cost is really up there, and I don't know that on my margins I can really do it this year because I've got to write off that depreciation over a number of years with this new tax law there may be an incentive for people to go out and buy big pieces of equipment immediately because you can immediately depreciate that is that what i'm hearing yes it, what it does is most people think of us as um you know old babe and ox style logging because <laughs> they haven't because over it takes a long time but the the folks out there have been listening for a while realize it's not that way it really isn't. You cannot be purchasing three, four, five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars worth of equipment in this business and think that you're kind of like a knuckle dragger. It doesn't work. You have yeah. to be very, very business savvy all the time. You're always on your toes. I personally do not have to know how to be an accountant. I don't have to know those things. That's why you hire CPA firms like that Jenny is with. They know the laws, and then they right. recommend what you, you should do or shouldn't do. Um, there's no such thing to me as loopholes. It's just tax laws that are established that you use or you don't use. And as a business person, you have to use these things, you think, to your advantage. No, there are things that are offered, and if you don't use it, that's your foolishness. If you do use it, you're using it to your advantage. That's just common sense. But, yes, as far as purchasing, it will trigger spur of growth to okay i can write off i'm having a decent year let's say i'm going to look at purchasing between three and five hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment this year because of uh, this and this and this you do take that in consideration and you do talk to your accounting firm you have to you have to be in touch with them on a regular basis just like uh, you do with uh, any business you have to sure well it still has to make sense and that you can afford to pay for it you know oh, a, yeah, a dollar in yeah. your pocket is still better than a dollar of deduction as i always tell clients so if you're not going to buy that piece of equipment and you're just buying it for the tax deduction that doesn't make sense from a business standpoint you still have to be able to need that piece of equipment and going to use that piece of equipment yep to its fullest but well, that's what i was referring to jenny i think is what i was saying is if i'm a if i'm a good sized logging company and i know that i can Im- improve the effectiveness and the efficiency of my operation if i had that newest greatest feller buncher or whatever it happens to be out there if i know that that's going to increase the amount of production that i do this might be the time for me to buy that absolutely we do a lot of um tax planning in December for clients, which of course this tax bill just made it that much more difficult this year to hurry up and get done. But that's right. what a lot of our focus at the end of taxi at that end in December for clients is to say, okay, here's where we think your taxable income is. If you had some additional equipment purchases that you were going to do in the next year, is there a way that we can accelerate those to take advantage of those deductions in the previous year 
from a business standpoint, to maximize that taxable income and to get it to where we want it to be so we're paying at the optimal rate. Okay. I think I understand that. And, and, and Peter, um, the fact that you guys are connected, you and the, tr- and the transportation industry, uh, there's a lock in there as well. I mean, if you're looking uh, maybe at purchasing some new transportation equipment, a new truck, a new uh, uh, skid or whatever it happens to be, mm-hmm. uh, if, you can, if you can justify it, in other words, if you look at that and you say, this is going to improve the effectiveness of my operation, it's going to allow me to bring in more product and hence make more money, now might be the time to do that, right? Yes, you'll look at it that way. You want to, when you buy a new piece of equipment, it has to be more efficient than your old piece. And it's what you're doing is buying less breakdowns, basically. In, yeah. in, a, in a way you are, in a way you're not. Uh, like uh, we purchased a brand new truck been a year ago in December, okay? okay? That truck, all we've done, we had one piece, two pieces on it. One broke and the other one had a little air leak. And that's it. And it's got over 60,000 miles on now. Okay. You, that has been working very well. Usually with a new piece of equipment, you'll have a couple of little hiccups here and there. And then it should smooth out. That's a very good piece of equipment. You want to, when you make your purchases, you do look at the tax laws. You do talk to your accounting firm on a regular basis, like Jenny was saying. December becomes very busy. We also look at the end of the year what we should do before the end of the year it isn't that you're finding loopholes. You're just using things to your advantage, and that's what you do in business. You do do that. Otherwise, you're being a fool in business. Well, that, that makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, uh, Jenny, What going forward with the, with the new tax laws, now, the way I understand it is the, the new tax bill that was written is only temporary. The, if if Congress doesn't make it permanent, it's due to sunset in what eight years, something like that. Well, that's all. I mean, legislation is always temporary, really, when you think about it, because it yeah. always is subject to change, depending yeah, on the bills. To just, but yes, yeah, so well, a lot of it. A lot of the provisions have sunset provisions in there, and it's all about how the bill is passed. And of course, I don't always know the legal aspects of it, but you know, it has sure. to get a score and has to be, what does it cost? And so they can only cost so much money and be passed certain ways. So most of the corporate provisions are permanent, but the vast majority of the individual provisions are do sunset and do expire over various terms. Um, it's not unusual. You know, when everybody talks about the Bush tax cuts, a lot of those Bush tax cuts that we still have a lot of those were scheduled to be sunset and were sunset provisions that now have been added. For a while, they were added just at the end of the year as little additionals every year, little bills. Now they are permanent, some of those pieces were that were even back from the Bush tax bill that was set to sunset also. So so I, I wouldn't say, although it's passed as sunsetting, there are a lot of these provisions that probably will be passed every year once we get to the sunset provision as an extender bill. But and then sure. eventually there should there probably will be some that will be made permanent legislation. Well, there was uh, there was some talk last night, I guess, during the state of the uh, nation address that uh, uh, that there was a movement out there already to make some of those new provisions permanent. And uh, but th- that will all be worked out in Congress and the Senate, and uh, that's all going to take time. But right now there are some benefits out there 
for people. I know we've got to uh, take our first break. Uh, one of the things I'd like to talk about when we come back after this break is uh, maybe how some of these new provisions uh, lock into your brain, Peter, and maybe you can talk about how you bring Jenny's uh, thought process of a, a public accountant into it when you're planning for your next year's uh, operations, uh, how you sit down and put a pencil to, is this new break going to be effective for me if I do this? Will it help mm-hmm. me? Will it harm me? Sure. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about that. But uh, but let's take our first break here. We'll be back more with Let the Sawdust Fly here on 710 WDSM and 98.1 FM. Now, uh, Peter Wood and Jenny Miller, uh, we talked a little bit about some of the tax advantages, mm-hmm. but but Peter, I remember when I first met you years ago, uh, you guys had asked me to come up and speak at a convention that you had, yep. and for the life of me, I can't figure out why you asked an old talk show host to come and do that, but you were available. But I learned... Well, I was available, yes, and I was cheap, free. <laughs> no, I was no, but I, but I remember one of the one of the things that I came away with that night was uh, because, in the back of my mind, I mean, I had worked two years in the woods when I was a kid with an uncle yep. who had a logging operation out of Brookston. I did it just to stay in shape for football and uh, make a little extra money, yep. and. So I, I kind of thought of logging being the old-fashioned, you know, you get out with a chainsaw and you pickaxe it and you pull it up on the truck and all that stuff. But I remember talking to you at that event, and I one thing I, I took from our conversation was the fact that at one point you decided you wanted to buy a big uh, underground tank that you could put uh, fuel oil in because you used a lot of... Uh, uh, fuel oil for your operations, running your trucks and equipment. Yes. And you had made the calculated decision that it would actually make you money over the long run. If you could, when the price was right, when fuel oil prices were right, you could stockpile a lot of that mm-hmm. and then use it as you went instead of buying it at the uh, pump price at any given time. Yes, and so, I thought mm-hmm. about I thought about that after we talked that night and I thought, Boy, that's pretty perceptive uh, that they look at little things like that that can make a difference to the bottom line. But that's what you got to do in your business, don't you? Yes, you have to. You're, it never shuts off. You're constantly thinking business. Um, the fuel purchase, most people buy fuel for their car and they go to the gas station. They'll buy like $30 worth or $40 worth of gas and that's it. And then they're good for, you know, three, four or five days or whatever. On a regular basis, we're going through many hundreds of gallons even in a day. You have your semis, which is on-road. You have your stuff in the woods that's off-road. We have two t- two above-ground tanks to hold. You have to, in order to get a good rate on it, you have to buy a whole semi-load at a time, okay? If you can only, okay. you, they don't, they used to deliver gas in like 300-gallon little tanks. They're actually 285 or something like that, so you didn't have to have them diked or nothing for the farmers and the people in the country. And you'd have your own gas at your own place. There were these little above-ground tanks. Well, today, you can't. they don't really want to do it anymore because it's not cost-effective. It just doesn't pay. So now those, above, those little tanks, people don't uh, get them filled anymore. That's what we have found ourselves personally. But okay. for, for us, we made a figure on it of what it costs to put up this system. It was expensive at the time, 
but it was a very, very good purchase to do something like that because you have to figure it into your business plan. What's going to make you money? What's going to save you money? And this is one of those things that didn't make us money. It saved us money, and it's still saving us money today. But you have to be able to buy a whole semi-load at a time or two, and that's how you right. get the rate. But there is a there is a difference in price. There is a bit. And so it does pay. And there's one time back, I can just make this analogy, back in, it would have been 2008. Um, it would have been the summer. It would have been spring. We came into the spring. We filled up our fuel tanks. Okay, you're full. You got a lot of fuel on hand. Well, that summer, that was the end of the Bush era. And the, if you everybody remembers, the election was going on. Um, and fuel skyrocketed. Remember, it went to four bucks a gallon yep. or whatever. Oh yeah, and oh, everybody everybody started driving slower and slower. The cars would go real slow on the highway. I thought, what is with everybody? Everybody's going slower. But then you start putting it together. They're trying to save gas, and yeah. there was none of these going. Instead of sixty-five, they were doing seventy-five. No, they were doing fifty-five, sixty right in there, because everybody's trying to pinch every bit of fuel out of it. Well, during that whole time, we were running on that cheaper fuel. That's where it pays off very big. And then by the time we had to reload, the fuel came down again. So there's one of the times it does, you buy these things to your advantage, and you have to make business moves. And that's, that's not a, that doesn't make you money. It saves you money. And like, sure. like Jenny here, where we, we talk to these individuals that are the CPAs to find out what is the best avenue. But initially, the, the true move is, the business owner, you have to make your own business move. But they advise you. And I don't yeah. have to know how to be a good accountant. I don't need to know at all how to be an accountant. Actually, I don't know how to be an accountant at all. But <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. She said if you did your own books, it'd come like this big mess. Just put it in a box and bring it to me without you touching it. And I don't need to be an accountant. She is, and that's why. Oh, you, you don't just need know, those headaches. No. No, I don't. Well, I, Jenny, I would rather have some of those people that are loggers, artists, construction workers. I'd rather have them not attempt their books because it just takes <laughs> me that much more to try to figure out. You know, Peter's good at something and he needs to focus his attention on that. I wouldn't do any good trying to do Peter's job either. So when you try to do my job, you just make my job more difficult and it just costs you more in the end. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny, I have a question for you. Um, as a CPA, do you ever get to go out to a business? In other words, does a business ever say to you, uh, look, I know there's some things that may affect our bottom line here. Would you come out and analyze or look at how we do business and maybe make some recommendations? Oh, yeah. Do you ever so get? Oh, yeah. I go to oh, clients. Okay. I go out to clients all the time to help them and to assist with them. And, you know, because a lot of it we can do via email and they can send me stuff and we can do it via the phone. But a lot of times I need to be there to look at and see what are they doing in their accounting software because it's not a software that I can use. You know, if it's an industry specific software, I don't sure. have access to that. And so a lot of times we're at clients helping them and assisting them and out there trying to figure out what do we need to do differently? What should you be doing differently? How are you reconciling these books and what are you doing? And here you should do X, Y, and Z that'll make my job that much easier and will make you run much more efficiently and have better numbers. You know, I, I do your work quarterly. Most clients we do work quarterly, semi-annually or annually. We have some clients that we do their monthly bookkeeping, but for the vast majority of clients, we don't. And so if you do a better job and I get you on the right path doing your accounting, you have a better idea at any one point in time where you are and actually know what your business is doing. If, you don't, if you're not doing that 
regularly, you don't really have an idea except for when you come see me once or twice or three times a year. Sure. That makes sense. Well, Peter and Jenny, I want you guys to sit patiently. We have to do our news break here, but I want to come back to you for a little bit more. We've got some more segment of uh, Let the Sawdust Fly. We'll be uh, back shortly after the news with Peter Wood and Jenny Miller. 710 WDSM is now broadcasting on 98.1. Giant Redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scots pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. So, so Kenny, have we ever figured out, is that Peter Wood and some choir from up in the cotton area? You just, you you just figured it out, yes. The secret's been revealed. <laughs> Can't you tell by the notice of our own tone inflections of our voices equaling? Yes, yes, I could do that. <laughs> Well, listen, we we have a few minutes left here. I w- I'd like to ask both of you, uh, Peter, with the change in the tax code that just happened before the end of the year, uh, are you looking at maybe purchasing any equipment uh, to take advantage of the write-offs? Or, uh... Uh, Jenny and I were talking a little bit off, Mike, here a little bit, and we don't, we don't make huge purchases right now or there. We look at you, you have to look at it as um, some machines here, some machines in the future, and you look at what you need to replace because you don't want to have like Jenny was telling me you don't want to have this huge like five hundred thousand dollar expense and then all of a sudden fifty thousand dollar expense. You want to kind of even it out over many years. Sure. What to me what do, what it does is it spurs growth when you cut taxes like that because a lot of people get excited and they think, well, I got more money to spend. They want to spend it. But if you're going to look at the long run, you have to even it out over many years. So, yeah, maybe we'll do a little bit more. It depends on how good a year you have financially coming in. You may do a little bit more, but you're not going to you're not going to be spending millions of dollars all of a sudden one year, you know, and all of a sudden nothing the next year. You won't. Yeah. You you got to you got to you got to make it I guess you could say plain out over a long long period of time, but I believe that these tax cuts that are happening and we, I do pay attention to what's going on with the government I, very much. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's going to be very helpful. Yeah, I think it's going to be really yeah. helpful. And I, I think Peter's comment is great that, you know, although these are some great additional depreciation, I don't want to deduct all that in one year and make Peter have no taxable income and then have a bunch of taxable income the next year. You know, I'm going to pick and choose and take the amount that I need to get his income to take advantage of those lower tax brackets rather than waste dollars and then all of a sudden pay at a much higher rate year two, three, and four because I've taken all that depreciation. You know, the other thing that a lot of people are talking about too that I want to make sure we talk about, touch on for just a second, is the new um, 20% pass-through deduction because that's the other new big thing too for businesses, you know, because... Corporations all got this new flat rate. So if you're C Corp, you're going to pay 21%. And all of a sudden, the, all these flow-through entities, as they're called, whether they're partnerships, LLCs, S-corporations, even sole proprietors, they're paying it or at individual income tax rates, which go higher than 21%. So now right. there's a new pass-through deduction. So that income that is going to flow to the individuals from 
the S-Corp, the partnership, the LLC, and even your sole proprietors, in most cases, are going to get an additional 20% deduction of that amount on their individual tax returns. And in effect, that's it was supposed to bring you down to so that you have the same marginal rate at 21% as a corporation. Right. But, but it doesn't get you quite there. It actually gets you, if you're at the highest rate, that 20% deduction, you know, it gives you an effective rate of, I think, 29.6. So if you're still paying slightly higher at the individual rate than you would in the corporate world. But it, right. it helps reduce that sum. You know, that's interesting you bring that up, Jenny, because we had talked numerous times during the discussion about the tax rate to Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. And Senator Johnson owns a business, and he was very, very upset and held his his ground to make sure that uh, that small businesses that were considered S-corps or small proprietor, individual proprietors would have the right to pass through uh, that revenue so that they could take advantage. Because if they were going to cut out all those businesses and adversely affect the smaller S-corps, he didn't want to support the bill. And uh, they got his support at the last minute by putting in that pass-through provision. So that was very, uh, very instrumental in getting his vote to support the bill. Yeah, so the new bill really benefits um, when you, I mean, this is, of course, uh, I think this was the Joint Tax Committee, which is supposedly a non-biased group. But it breaks down that individuals got 56% of these tax cuts and corporations got 44% of the tax cuts from the new bill. Okay. So the, so they did go disproportionately to individuals, but individuals actually pay a vast more majority of the taxes that are collected in this country than right. businesses. You know, when you look at it, individuals pay about 86% of the total income that's coming in. Whereas corporations only pay, I think it's about 19%. Uh, okay. Or 14%, actually, they pay. And when you and that's just income tax. If you have to actually look at payroll taxes, individuals pay even more of a percentage than 86%. So, so that's, you know, it's hard because we still got to have that revenue coming into the government. <laughs> so that's right. the hard part to try to balance that. But that's supposedly how the tax cuts worked out, that 56% went to individuals and 44% to corporations. Well, Jenny, uh, Jenny Miller, I can tell that you're pretty knowledgeable when it comes to this tax uh, information. And we can't let you get by today without uh, telling our listeners where you work. And because you might have a business out there listening this morning or uh, people that are thinking, hey, you know what? She sounds like she's pretty sharp. I might want to use her services myself. How do they get a hold of you? Who do you work for? I actually work for Colquist Sites and Goldman. I'm a partner there. Um, the firm's been around since 1975, I think, is when they originally started, before I was around, of course. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're just located here in Duluth in the U.S. Bank building on the ninth floor. Um, yeah, we, and we have website. Our website is ksgcpa.com. And Wait a my minute, KSB? KSG is in Goldman. Oh, G, okay. Yep. Colquist Sites in Goldman, ksgcpa.com. And our phone number is 727-8030. And we're always looking for new clients. All right. Well, excellent. And uh, Peter, one last thing for you. Okay. Uh, one of our listeners sent me a note while we were talking, and it said that Minnesota now requires, you're probably aware of this and familiar with it, but Minnesota requires 20% biodiesel added to regular diesel fuel. 
So uh, also the newer equipment that you buy requires the use of diesel exhaust fluid to mix with the exhaust to reduce emissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, many local loggers are on farmers are converting back to old style running of their newer engines by removing the regulator stuff. Uh, do you know anything about that? The, uh, I, I do uh, know that there is uh, people that can do that. Whether I don't know if it's legal to do it, to tell you the truth. I'd have to do some research on it. But like the truck we bought brand new in 2000, I think it was 16, yeah, 2016. So it was about 13 months ago. Um, that has diesel exhaust fluid. We call it DEF, diesel exhaust fluid. It's a little tank. And it uses about 2 to 4% of whatever diesel you use. It, it injects in there to get the exhaust really clean is what it is. Okay. And all the new equipment, there might be a few manufacturers that may still have some credits where they don't have to have it, but most of the brand new machines now have that def on it. The exhaust pipes on those is remarkably, on a diesel truck, you used to see them the black, you know, and you look inside yeah. the exhaust pipe, would be black. That truck is... 13, 14 months old now, I've been using it, and those pipes inside are still, like, galvanized clean, clear. Wow. There is no black, wow. no... I mean, it's unbelievable. You could, I never would have believed it until I seen it myself that, yeah, when you fire it up in the shop, there's no smoke. You'll get a, you'll get a vapor, like, a, like a, I don't know, like a vapor, like in a car, gas job, you know, where it's right. a, a water... But it's yep. it's so unbelievably clean. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And but you need that diesel exhaust system, and we do know that there is a way to do that. But I don't know if you can legally take that stuff off. To tell you the truth, I'd have to do. We haven't done it. I want to make sure listeners know that we haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, because <laughs> it might be against the law. <laughs> it might be. I don't know for sure. <laughs> Well, Peter Wood, uh, thank you again. We love the segment, uh, Let the Sawdust Fly. And Jenny Miller, thank you so much for coming in this morning and talking a little bit about the uh, tax ramifications. And again, if you want to uh, contact Jenny Miller, uh, you can. Uh, her phone number is 727-8030. We want to thank you both for coming in. And we got to take our last break of the morning, but thank we'll be back much. to wrap thank up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.